the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, the, the temperature is an indication that the season is about to change. And I'm going to go crawl into a hole. So no, just, uh, not, the, the hot days are over. Uh, if anybody knows me, I love them. We didn't get many 90 or 100 degree days that, that we normally get this summer. And I, I look I look forward to those days. I'm going to go, I'm gonna have to go down to Texas, I guess, and just find me some heat. Not enough, I agree. Not <laughs> enough this year. Not enough happening. And all the fishies then went to the bottom of the lake already, so I know I ain't going to get none when I go out there. So uh, it's good. But we had a good summer. Uh, our summer program, uh, it, it ended well. Uh, you know, we had uh, a group of uh, young people, had some, young people had some leaders. I think this is the most really uh, where our staff has been um, made up of, I would say, uh, non-practicing Christians. Because <laughs> most of the kids would say that they, they are Christian. And, uh, but, you know, we had like three of them hadn't read their Bible since the last 3D. You know what I mean? They hadn't read the Bible since the last summer program. Because every morning they do devotions and, uh, they have leadership assignments they have to get completed. And, uh, that's, that's their, I guess that's their Bible for the year. Uh, we're trying to figure out a way to, uh, stimulate them to, uh, to do more. But all in all, it was, it was a good summer. The kids had a great time. Parents were, were satisfied. Our track team did well. Uh, we once again we had a couple All Americans. Um, they went out there to Sacramento to compete, and uh, and so those kids can feel proud that they're in the top eight in the nation, and uh, and doing what they do, and uh, we as coaches can feel happy that though we can't run fast anymore, we can teach other people how to run fast. <laughs> oh man, so I'm happy for that, and thank you for those of you who. Uh, sent in uh, monies to help support uh, the program to help us with, go along the way. Uh, big shout out to Urban Refuge. It's always been a, a gr- great, great assistance to us in what we do as we as we share in the gospel together, you know, we, and we try to assist them any way we can. So that being said, and got rid of the, the kudos, I want to uh, talk about uh, persevering. You know, sometimes God gives us things that we don't deserve. You know, he gives us uh, jobs we didn't ask for. You know, he, as my wife would say, gives him a husband and a family she didn't ask for, you know, and and he blesses us with things. and He sets us up. He sets us up with things that are just 
that's already there, you know, whether it's through the foresight of our parents and I'm thinking ahead to a college and you got a college fund or uh, whether it's through the foresight of our grandparents uh, buying land. And, uh, and so therefore having land for us to occupy and build upon uh, whatever it is that there are times and spaces in our lives where he rewards us with things that we did not work for. And in Joshua chapter 24, Joshua is reminding uh, the children of Israel uh, in verse 13. He said, and I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you built not and you dwell in them of vineyards and olive yards, which you planted and you and, and, and planted not do you though you eat. Uh, this is King James twisting me up. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served, served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Oh, man, it's, at the stop there is like, He's telling them to put away the gods they served on the other side of the flood. That means they were still serving and worshiping gods that were there before the flood. And they were still serving and worshiping gods uh, from Egypt. Even though they had crossed over the, the, the Red Sea, had seen the mighty miracle, saw the ten plagues that came upon Egypt. Uh, you know, God protecting them, winning battles, and they've been through all this, coming into the promised land, and yet they still would not let go of their idols. Persevering, pushing through, maintaining the course. What are you going to do? You know, and, and when it cha- when change comes into your life, and this is what I see as 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 as, as you know, a discipler. When change comes into a person's life, it's it's scary, and you buck it because it's not my norm. This is not what I do. This is not who I am. And and it, and you 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 kind of resist it at first. You know what I mean? You go like, "Oh, what what is this? You know, you know it, it, what is this? What what's happening?" And you 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 take the time evaluate it and you say, okay, this is for the better for me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go through. Even though it's easier to keep doing what you've always done, you persevere, you endure, you push through to to maintain this new way of thinking, this new way of acting, and you come out on the other side, a changed individual. You know, but the, the hard part is the persevering. It's the pressing through. Man, that it is is anybody with with um, that's ever been through the process, you know, knows that that you get there and you you want to keep doing what you're doing. I was explaining to a brother the other day, the day I got healed from football, and uh and so my I was teaching in children's church and the children's church pastor called a Sunday school teachers meeting on the day of the Super Bowl. Now that lets you know that man spent too much time in prayer. He did not know it was Super Bowl Sunday. So I go to the meeting, right? We're going to be obedient. I go to the meeting, hoping he won't let make it last too long. And he can get me out of there. Kickoff was like 5.17 or something like that. Then he can get me out of there by 5 o'clock so I can get home. And uh, he did. He ended the meeting, you know, ended the meeting, you know, around 5 minutes to 5. 
And I'm like, yeah, right. And I'm like, I'm 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 going home to watch the Super Bowl. And then one of my Sunday school kids came up to me and said, Mr. Joe, can I sit with you at church tonight and worship with you? I didn't had a heart to tell the kid I wasn't going I wasn't going to Sunday night service. You know what I mean? People's already starting to your know, leaders already starting to file in. It's five o'clock. And I'm looking down at her and I said, Sure, Stacy. Yeah, you yeah, we can sit together. So then I said, Man, I gotta do something. So I went in the bathroom, took my walkman. I found the radio station that the game was on. I put I put the headphones around my collar on my neck so I could still hear. <laughs> John's laughing at me, right? I needed to be healed. I needed to be delivered. I'm just picturing you sitting there and everybody can hear it too. You just pretend like nothing's happening. Oh, no, I, I was cool. I was cool. I was cool with it, man. I was cool with it. I had, I had the right volume and I, I'm sitting there and she was so happy to be sitting with me and everything like that. She told some of the other kids, I'm sitting with I'm sitting with Mr. Joe at doing Sunday night service and we're going to worship together. Now, I ain't got one. I had like about six, seven kids. Sitting over there with me, right? I'm like, oh my goodness! And they're all leaders' kids because their parents are doing something, so they they usually sit alone. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is not working out right. So I'm sitting there, and you know, we're singing our little worship songs. You know, I will sing unto the Lord for He is triumphed gloriously. And we're singing, and I'm there, and I'm listening. And it's the kickoff. I'll never forget Dan Marino, right? Everybody thought Dan was gonna come in there, gunsling his way out of it. He got gun slained. You know what I mean? That, that 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 Super Bowl was over in the first half, right? But while I'm sitting there and these kids are happy to be clapping and standing next to me, man, I, a, a thing of guilt came over me. I'm like, I have the opportunity to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, or I had the opportunity to worship the NFL. Which one will I choose? But but it's only once a year, you know what I mean? I, I go to church every Sunday night, but once a year, you know what I mean? I'm justifying my mind. And finally, I had to I had to take a break, go into the bathroom, disconnect my little setup, and went there and enjoyed church. Got home just before halftime, and my roommate said, game over, you ain't miss nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and from then on, man, I can. I, it's hard for me to watch a whole game. My kids look, so they look at me sometimes. Watch a game. It's hard for me to watch a whole game. You know what I mean? It's just, it really is. I, I told them that's the day I got cured of my NFL addiction, right? Because I'll be right there on point, analyzing, looking at blocking schemes. Did you see that right guard not pull right there? You know what I mean? We just going down there. And, but the thing about it, is, I say that to say. That when change comes into your life, and I, and I know we can argue that it's only one week out of thing and everything like that, but I had I had an addiction. I I I ain't scared to admit what I had. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I mean I was there. I was watching. That's when ESPN would show old football games. I stay up late at night watching an old football game. You know I didn't seen the game two three times, but watching it anyway, looking at the little intricacies of blocks and and passes and every mannerism, and and that's when you know you need deliverance. You know, you know, something is and it's available. But when you when you don't have to really work for something, you know, you don't really cherish it as much. I noticed that in my kids when when they take their money 
and they buy something, a toy, anything, they cherish that mug. When I buy it, it's taken apart in two days. You know what I mean? It's like going in there. So I just learned that I, I never bought them anything anymore. I learned to make them buy it, to make them save a little money, do a chore or something like that. And they buy it. And the, the, the care and maintenance was totally different. I know when I bought my own clothes, man, I didn't leave them on the floor. I folded them. I put them up. The ones my mom bought me. Man, it was under the bed, you know. It's it's just how we are as human beings, and so when it comes into change now, now you ask me to change what I like to do. You you're not just taking something away from me, you know. You ask me to change my very method, my very thought pattern, everything that's in there. So here are these people still having idols, still having idols after all they've been through. They're still keeping the idols around, you know, and I feel that way in my own Christian life. And I definitely feel that way in, in some of the ones I disciple that after all we've gone through, how can you still hold on to that? How can you still find comfort in that? You know, when, when you need comfort and, 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 and stress comes into your life, you run and do certain things and, uh, and, and, and you say, well, I'm just stressed. I, 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 I need to blank whatever it is. It may be. And and you go there and it's like, you know, you, you we have these things that, that we just can't let go of. You know, uh, I mean, I, I, I think of people on on drugs. I, I told my, I had to tell somebody that they were worse than any drug addict I ever worked with. Because they were hooked on sugar. They had to have sweets. They diabetic, taking all this medication and can't let sweets go. I say, it's destroying you. It's like Roberta Flack. It's killing you softly. You know what I mean? It ain't killing you hard like drugs. It's killing you softly. But yet you make up excuses. You do everything in the world. And you you, you they come up with why it's okay for you to continue down the path that's, that's eventually going to cause you to lose a limb or something like that. You go that route. And then we talk about a person who's on drugs will turn around and continue to do drugs and make up excuses. And, and we have the same pattern in our own lives. And so you're trying to break out of this. And so Joshua is saying, look, y'all been holding on to some idols for hundreds of years. And it's time for y'all to make a decision now. Who are you going to serve? They turn around and say, we're going to serve the Lord. He said, no, y'all ain't ready for that. You know, they say, yes, we are. Because he knows if you've been holding on to idols this long, What's going to make you all of a sudden change and, and give it up and, and, and go to right? Well, Joshua was right in, in, his, in his assertion of, of where they were and what they had to do and what they needed to do. And, and what we need to understand is we have to be honest with ourselves. We got to be, you cannot persevere. You cannot push through without first being honest with yourself and realize the biggest opposition, the biggest blocker to your dream is you. It's you. You and your mindset, your habits, and your pattern, you have to be willing to allow them things to be broken. So you listen to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. And what I want to do after the break is I want to go take we're gonna take a break and I want to come back and just talk about some ways that we can break that we can break through, some things that we can do to uh to to gain wholeness and persevere and push through 
and uh, just worship the Lord our God in a freedom free in a free way. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Is your life unsettled, in turmoil? Have you ever wondered why? Here's Adrian Rogers. It is absolutely imperative that you be certain about the Bible. You'll never get much of anything else settled until you get that settled. I'm Chris Fabry, inviting you to join us for Love Worth Finding with Adrian Rogers. Tune in to Love Worth Finding with Dr. Adrian Rogers, weekday afternoons at 1 on AM 980, The Mission. It's gonna be a long, long winter for me, for me. A long, long winter. Oh man, don't don't remind me, man. Bring sadness and tears in my eyes. <laughs> to my surprise. I hope we have one of those snowless winters. Oh, I think uh, Lee's got the almanac back there. I think it's gonna be uh, Arctic here this winter. <laughs> Can I do my radio show <laughs> remote? It's gonna be cold Golly. and dreary. Boy, maybe I go buy a studio for my house to lock myself up for the winter. <laughs> and just ship my stuff in. I couldn't help myself, Pastor Joe. Sorry. <laughs> oh man, that's okay. I got to come to grips with reality sooner or later. When 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 it was eighty degrees um, the other day, I was in the house all day, laid out. So to me, it was still sixty. It was still yeah. <laughs> sixty when I went in the house, and sixty when I came out the house. I was like, my wife's like, it's nice outside. I'm like, laid up there. I was just tired, man. I wasn't like sick, and I was just tired. I hear you. Yeah, it's like energy was like at a at a low premium. So and I laid down. I slept half the day. Well, we didn't get that good heat too. You're right, and it's actually up north. I went in the lake last week. It's freezing already up there. It's absolutely freezing. Serious? Yeah, it's gonna be. It might be an early one. It's cooled off really quick up there. Oh man, I was gonna go up there and play with the fishes. <laughs> well, good time to catch some musky or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all can do that. <laughs> I sit there freezing the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Bring the earbuds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, when, when, you, when, you're going, when you're going through change, one of the first things I always like to, to, to get people to go is just to come to grips with what is God's way, right? And, and, and just how far away are we from God's way and how much pushing and how much perseverance will it take for us to get to God's way, right? And so, you know, you could be in your your marriage, and uh, and loving loving your wife as Christ loved the church, and you have to be honest with yourself. 
do you do you love your wife in order to give your life up for? And say, no, I'm not. I'm not there. Then, then what do we need to do to get there? You know, we, you know what? What's the plan to get there? You know, we always have to keep the standard before us. You know, even when, especially when I counsel couples who are about to get married and they have children, and uh, it's, it's easy for the dad to say, "I love my wife more than I love the children," but it's hard for the moms to say, "I love my husband more than the children." And uh, and so you know, I ask that question. You know, can you forsake all others? You know, and they go like, I don't think I can. You know what I mean? I say, well, that's good. Let's be honest where we at. And now we have to see what we have to work, what we have to work toward. Because now you can see some of the things that are going to come in there, some be some of your biggest oppositions for you wanting to be, to be like God-like in your behavior, in your life, and in your marriage. It's going to be some of these things that, that you're being honest with right now today. So, so that we look at that. And, and in verse 15, uh, Joshua said, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites you, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If it seems evil for you to serve, that seems like it's so contrary, but in our day and age, we, we see people who lash out at the church, they say the church is the biggest reason for suicides and for guilt and shame because, you know, people feel like they failed God because there's these rules and this, this this pattern for living that they have to live in. God knows how he created you. You know, he knows how he created me. And he does not expect me to be like everybody else. You know, I have my own personality that he gave me, different things that I do. You know, I, I, love, I love to talk and joke and, you know, and uh, try to stay active and like to do stuff like that. And other people may like my wife who just likes to curl up with a good book and sit in the corner. You know what I mean? You know, the thing about it is, is that, you know, we have to be what God has called us to be. And understanding one's purpose is one of the hardest things most people understand. They just don't know why they were put on this earth. And especially if you live in a country like America that is so prosperous that you could be anything that you want to be. Yeah, you know, you I could start over and become a doctor again if I wanted to. You know, you can just be anything that you want to be. And so it's hard to figure out who God has called you to be because there's so many options, so many variables, so many things that are there. You just wish they will all go away. But but first, before you try to get specific on your your individual purpose, you need to understand the purpose of the believer. You know, what is God's purpose for the believer? Go ye therefore, teach all ethnos, all nations, right? We we understand that. You know, while we're looking for our ministry, I'm looking for my ministry, you know, you're still commanded to go and teach all ethnos, to, to be open, to teach others. You know, you should be a, a teacher. You know what I mean? If you're not being taught, you need to be teaching. You know what I mean? That's just what, that's how this, this system goes. That's how God set it up. You know what I mean? That's what Jesus did. He taught his disciples and they in turn taught others. And that's what we do. When we find ourselves not teaching is when error comes in. When you look at the children of Israel, especially in the book of Judges, it comes after Joshua. They they were always, uh, they said that, you know, after the ones passed the way who saw the great miracles, then they, they strayed away from God. They didn't know God. How can your children not know God? You know, I, I have some friends of mine and, and their kids don't know God. You know, I can understand your kids rebelling against God. 
But I don't understand if you're believing that your kids don't know God. You know what I mean? You don't mind no God. You know, they may choose not to follow him. You know what I mean? But you best believe if you talk to them, they'll tell you, oh, my life ain't lining up to the word of God. Because they understand what the standard is. They understand what's expected of them. And and that's the thing that we have to keep up, their expectations. You know, when people understand what we expect from them, then they in turn know how to perform. You know, when your kids, when you tell your kids, I don't want nothing, Lord, and a bee come in my house, they understand what you expect from them, right? And if they got a C coming in, they can easily tell you, Dad, I fell short. You know what I mean? You don't need to wait till the grades come out. You know what I mean? We can have this conversation before the grades come out. You know where you are. You know what I mean? You know, this conversation. So when, once you know <clears throat> the standard, once you know where you go, then we, we can operate and then we can push. We know how hard to push. We know which direction to push in and we know what to do. You know, you know, my, my prayer for you is as a kingdom citizen that you would allow God to shape you into his image. That you would let go of those idols, those things that bring you comfort, those things that you worship and hold on to, so he can bring you into a place where you're not, not only you are blessed, but those that you teach and those that you serve are blessed also. Have a great week in the Lord. Talk to you later.